barbecue with, with this dude. Dead giveaway. I declare bankruptcy! Hey guys, welcome back to Ableton Cast. Another episode. I've been trying to do a few more episodes while being on lockdown and isolation. I hope you guys are uh, being safe and healthy. Um, today I interview my good friend Josh Gale, so it's a real pleasure to have him on the episode. As always, got to say a big thank you to the sponsor of this podcast, which is Recording Studio Rockstars Podcast. That's with Lid Shaw. If you haven't heard it, please check it out. If you have heard it, please continue to listen because it's awesome. Just want to say a special quick thank you to all nurses and doctors who are currently working right now. Thank you so much for what you guys are doing. Okay, today my guest is Josh Gale. Josh is a good friend of mine from Brighton and it's a real privilege to have him on the show. So Josh, welcome to Ableton Cast. Thank you so much for having me. What a what a pleasure it is. Yeah, this nice is nice to hear your voice as well. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to hear nice to hear your voice and nice to see you in the video even though we don't use video. So, I've known Josh for I think about the last 8 8 years or so. Yeah, I would, yeah. That makes sense to me. And yeah. Josh is well, actually, I'm not even going to try and say what Josh does because Josh does a lot of things. But I will just ask Josh, why don't you tell my listeners what mm-hmm. what you do? Um, yeah, it's, it is a lot of multitasking. Um, uh, I'd say the kind of main things I am are um, a producer and a songwriter. Um, but it's because obviously freelance work goes up and down. I also work for Brighton Electric Studios doing... Um, engineering in both front of house uh, as in like live sound as well as recording Um, and then like rentals and I work on the desk over there as well Um, uh, yeah and then I'll whoever wants to hire me for kind of any of the kind of roles I've just mentioned Um, I even sometimes do photography when times are really tricky but it hasn't happened for a while so I've kind of taken that off the list (laughs) Yeah, um, and you play a number of different instruments, don't you? Yeah, I play, um, I guess, uh, drums and synths are probably, and programming Ableton is like my main thing, but I also do guitar, bass, um, and keys with a lot of practice, and sing, um, yeah. And you also have a pretty cool studio at your place, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm very fortunate, especially with uh, these isolating times that I can isolate myself in this um, incredible place. Uh, I could do everything kind of, I would say, professionally apart from drums, um, which is amazing. Um, I would say um, Josh probably has the coolest flat that I've ever seen. Definitely in Brighton. It's just amazing. It just sort of like, it goes on and on and when you think you've got to the end of it there's more yeah it is um i'm very blessed to have it um for sure uh there's been a lot of amazing things coming out of this place creatively as well as just like we have loads of people around and kind of uh 
yeah, it's just a great kind of place to have community, which is cool as well. Now, I don't know if this is true, but I had heard from somebody that they said they thought it was used by S Club 7 at one point. <laughs> um, that That is true, um, which is crazy. Uh, yeah, uh, I think Hannah may have owned it. I could be wrong. Um, I sometimes very rarely get her post still and then Paul's, uh, Paul Catamore's post as well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of bizarre and fun. It's, it's got fact. like your main sort of like studio room. It's got really high ceilings, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. It is. Who knows? They could have used this to finish off dance stuff. You never know. <laughs> um, I, that could be a very um, speculative rumor. Um. <laughs> okay, cool. So um, the subject that everybody is dying to hear about, mm. of course, is Ableton. So do you want to tell us how you got started with Ableton? Um, yeah, I noticed um, pretty quickly into, I think actually just before moving to Brighton, that every um, drummer that I knew who was running backing tracks was running it through Ableton. Um, so that kind of started my journey because um, being a competitive kind of person trying to get more jobs, I was like, right, I need to learn this to then um, bulk up my CV so I can get more drumming jobs. Um, and I had no idea that I would kind of start using it as like my favorite kind of door to write songs or like program all this kind of stuff that I do now. Um, but I think it just, every time I get into something, I kind of nerd out and try and push it to the maximum I can do. Um, so I guess that's the same story with that software. Um, it's easily my favorite software at the minute um, for creativity. Yeah. So, and how are you using it now? Sort of years, a number of years later, probably eight to 10 years later, really. Yeah. Um, it went from just something that I used live every once in a while and kind of, I kind of did for the first couple of years wing it, I would say, um, uh, to now I kind of feel as though I'm sure there's more things. The more I delve into it, the more I'm like, oh, you can do this. This is amazing. Um, cause it is an endless kind of thing, but I feel as though I'm kind of getting to a point where I've heard about most things without kind of blowing my own trumpet as you as you would yeah uh, um I, I use it uh daily it's like a necessary thing for the way i create and the way i do visuals um live literally everything um i i wouldn't i wouldn't have my project single room without ableton it would just not look or sound the same all right, well, let's dive in to that a bit. Obviously, we'll probably yeah. rewind a bit later, but yeah, of course. I'd yeah. love to sort of hear about sort of how you're using it for your current project mm. with some of the yeah. visual elements. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, so I run it with um, a lighting... Oh, no, this is where I forget the lighting thing. Uh, DMXs with a lighting um, kind of hardware and software um, called DMXs, which plugs into your laptop. Uh, which means I can control six, I control six different lights, and I um, automate them so that they um, sync in with the tracks. So it looks as though there's someone behind, like or sorry, in front of house doing my lighting programming very well, but it's all just me um, 
using Ableton, which yeah. is insane. Yeah, it um, is. I think it's such a game changer for the indie artists, yeah. really. Who, yeah, absolutely. Who isn't at the point where they can sort of afford to have a mm -hmm. lighting guy. But yeah, if yeah, they yeah. have, you know, if they have the time and the desire, they can do what you've done and sort of have yes. program things and make it look awesome. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I literally, um, live, it is just me. Sometimes I have guests, but it's very rare. Um, and I use Ableton to be my bandmate, my visual kind of, uh, kind of engineer, um, everything but sound engineer. But I've kind of mixed it so well that hopefully it's quite an easy uh, ride for them as well. Yeah. Hopefully. That's the goal anyways. So did it take you quite a while to get used to this software that does all the lights for you? Can you tell us a yeah. bit more about what that journey's yeah, been like? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, I, I started using it um, with a guy called Dan Ely, who's a, a good friend of mine. Uh, we used to be in a band together called Raw Indiana. Um, so we delved into that together. So that was quite nice because um, any kind of, we kind of went through all the trials and tribulations together, I guess. Um, he uses it in a different way that I use it. He's very good at making presets on the software and triggering it. Um, as So he'd do a MIDI trigger, which would trigger the software to do something crazy. Yeah. Which I think probably makes gets him to do things that I probably couldn't do with automation maybe. Um, but I always automate because... Um, uh, the, only because there was one time where we transferred... Um, his Ableton session to my Ableton session, and then the DMX's software reordered the um, uh, the. So when you do banks, you kind of have them in a set order. DMX's completely. I think it must have alphabetized rather than date stamped them. And so when we played live, it was an absolute catastrophe. There was like strobes in the quiet bits, and there was like uh, okay. um, it just went horrifically, horrifically wrong. So, and I use two machines live now, uh, two Macs, uh, MacBook Pros now. Uh, as a, as a so, redundancy rig, or are they doing different? Yeah, things? so I use um, I use the eye connectivity. Yes, um, Play Twelve. So that when, yeah, 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 that one. Um, uh, just because it's just me for single ruin. So it means I can go up on stage and not like slightly freak out before I'm going on being like, is this Matt working? Yes, I just know yeah, that if that sure. goes down and it, uh, when I toured um, four of the dates, no, 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 that's not true. So, yeah, 50% of the dates I used Mac B. So it proved itself worthy. Worth <laughs> it, yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Oh um, yeah, it is. Uh, it's such a massive thing when it's, you know, just you or if it's just you and somebody else and you are depending on Ableton to do so much, it is really important to have that backup, isn't it? Yes. Yep. I mean, it's a massive, massive thing when it goes down with bands anyway, so I'd always recommend the iConnectivity. Yes. But it's, a, it's like if, if that goes down, you are a band at the end of the day and that band should be able to get through a set. Whereas a solo act, I'd probably have to plug in a guitar and be like, I'm so sorry, here's an acoustic set, which would be totally lame. Yeah. Um, so you've got the lights that you've been mm -hmm. doing and you know how long does it usually take you to program like one song for lights so when i started doing the stuff of single ruin because it was a completely different way of working to the way me and dan worked for raw indiana that set which was my first ever set took i'd probably say two months but 
Um, nowadays, I can do a song in less than half a day if I'm really being nitpicky. And then if I'm like, I need to chuck in some lights now and make it look average because some of them are quite good. Um, so it doesn't matter if you have an, for me, it doesn't matter if you have some average songs because uh, you kind of need to save up those cool moments anyways. Um, those will probably take two hours. Yeah. Is it basically like dragging in MIDI notes? Is that what it's like firing on? Um, you know, when you get a delay and you can then automate the ramping and uh, like via the, you kind of do it. I could, I could totally do a little video um, if you ever wanted to um, put it up for people or have a download thing. Yeah, but it's, absolutely. It's, um, that sounds great. You're basically just using those automation lines. That's yes. how I do it. Um, so yeah, like zero to a hundred. Um, and I have a little um, map for all the lighting. So I know that um, bank one is DMX one, which then makes this light do a certain thing. Oh man, that sounds, that sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah. It is, um, it's a definitely a minefield when you first get into it. But when you understand it and you unlock it, it's just so much fun. Really cool. All right. Well, I wondered what does it look like when you're using Ableton in the studio, you know, not regarding anything sort of lighting wise, but just, you know, you're starting out a new project. What does that look like for you? Um, so I use Ableton in both. Um, I, I can't actually remember what the two windows are called, the linear way and then the um, the one that kind of yeah, so does loops right. And then the so one you that's got your average. session view that does session view. Session yes. view goes thank you goes up and down, and then you got I'm terrible with those kind of. That's things. all right. And um, then arrangement view that goes left to right. Great. So I use session view for probably the first hour, doing like loops and kind of soundscaping and kind of making a mood board is probably what I'd call it. Yes. Um, I don't know which uh, little scene is chorus or verse yet. I'm not kind of labeling all that kind of stuff. And then what I'll do is I'll probably take a little break, have like a tea or a coffee or a drink or something, come back uh, and try and make them into a series um, yeah. by my gut feel, then record that series in and then work on that skeleton. Yeah. And when you're sort of like, you know, doing that initial programming, yeah. are you doing it with like just a normal MIDI controller I know you've got an Ableton push. Does that <laughs> yeah. come into it? Are you using um, anything else? My setup is quite crazy at the minute, as you probably know what I'm yes. like. Yeah. Um, uh, Josh has it, everything. <laughs> I have, um, at the minute, I have a MIDI uh, keyboard. I've forgotten the brand because I spray painted it, so the label's kind of just gone. It's a very old one. It kind of kicks in and out as it pleases, which is fun. Um, it, the, I haven't replaced it yet because I've actually found it quite a creative, fun little challenge. When it cuts out, I'm like, right, what else can I use to make this synth sound? And usually I'll come up with something different. And so for that kind of little crazy reason, I've kept on to it. Um, uh, and then that, I have uh, Ableton Push. I have uh, Akai um, MPC 40. Yes. Um, then that goes into, well, then I have a SPD which um, uses MIDI because I found that there's some things when I'm doing the finger drumming that I cannot do when I'm doing the proper drumming. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, 
and then that I've also got a TD30 that's all plumbed in now. Um, but I'm, the only reason I track MIDI for that is if I wanted to replay it into the TD30. Um, those are just for drum demos because I don't I can't do drums here, so I have to kind of do MIDI drums, which gets me to a certain point where I can show people, um, and then I'll retrack yes. if necessary. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. My I, I'm actually down in the live room. I can't look at my studio to trigger myself. Um, it all goes into a Apollo 16. At the minute, I have eight preamps. So I've kind of got that connected into synths, microphones, as an, and those kind of chop and change depending on my mood. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. Yeah. Which I'll, I um, think, is it a, do you have a Mac Pro running at all? Or are yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, um, I have the dustbin one that you can't really upgrade, but I've, it's, apart from the memory, it's a crazy spec that I just don't need to upgrade, so I'm very happy with it. Yeah. It's so quick. Okay, so once you've kind of got the skeletons, you know, you've, you've, done, you've done what you've done, um, what happens next? How do you sort of take those songs to the next level? Yeah, uh, from there I usually get cracked in on lyrics and melody. Melody first, usually, then that informs the lyrics, sometimes it's the other way around. I tend to do that before I start producing it because when I start producing it, I get very nerdy and into it and forget all about everything else. Um, so I kind of, it's kind of like a discipline to be like, look, let's see if this is actually a song that I enjoy before even kind of making this delay kind of go from 30 second to like, 16 and making that cool effect that kind of bridges the two gaps together that kind of thing um uh then i'll get into the kind of uh more uh i guess programmy productiony kind of vibe and just make it as crazy as it can go i love automating delays and filters and um that kind of thing yeah now are you doing all of the production in Ableton or is there a point where you swap it into Pro Tools um, or anything? I switch into Pro Tools um, for mixing just because uh, a most mix, I, I usually prep a mix and will give it to someone like Johnny Bird who is better at mixing than I, than I am. I'm learning but it's, um, it's definitely a I'd rather at the minute give it to someone else who knows a bit better with the mixing kind of thing. Yeah, um, sure. And most mi people who mix, mix on Pro Tools. Um, so I'd rather give them a session with a couple of plugins rather than like an Ableton session with like ridiculous amount of processing and plugins that they may not have. Um, and also it's a nice kind of blank slate for me. Um, just not looking at all the things that could tempt me to kind of do something that most people wouldn't hear the difference between A or B. Yeah. Um, and just like cracking into the actual mix itself with no distractions. Yes. Sure. Um, though I think I could see myself switching to Luna. If you've heard of um, the Luna stuff that's coming out soon for UAD. Yeah, um, I have. I've seen a couple videos of it. I don't know if I completely understand what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically. They're not calling it this, but it's UAD's door. Yeah, that's um, what I thought. Yeah. 
uh, and all the videos I've seen have been very exciting because it's I basically use UAD. That's all I use as my um, interface, unless I'm in someone else's studio. And even then, I'll probably bring my interface because the plug I just can't do without those plugins. Um, they're my kind of go-to's as well as sound toys. Um, without those two, I'd be lost slightly. Okay. Well, yeah, that- sorry, I went on a slight divergent. But, no, no, um, <laughs> it's great. I mean, I always like to ask people about what plugins they like. So, mm. I mean, obviously we know that you love U- UAD, but are yes. there particular UAD plugins that you wouldn't want to do a session without? Um, yeah, I, they ch- they do change again <laughs> per season in my mood. Um, uh, but uh, at the minute, well, actually, yeah. And then there's some that are just always... Um, my my thing. Distresses are always my thing. Um, Can I just ask you a quick question? So yep. for anybody mm-hmm. who doesn't know what a distressor is, oh, yeah. can you explain yeah, yeah. that? So I think it's Empirical Labs. I'm terrible with names. Um, do a It's a compressor called the Distressor. Um, you'd find it in most Pro, Pro Audio Studios. I have a plugin which I've referenced to a Distressor because I've worked with quite a few of the hardware. I've been lucky enough to work with the, a few of the hardware components now. And it's probably the closest plugin to the Distressor I've ever come across. Um, uh, it's just, you can make it either really clean and quick or filthy and like squishy and within a matter of seconds. Um, yeah. And I quite it, like the versatility. It's basically a form of compression. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. That's it. And so, and what is UAD's version of the distressor called? Uh, is it is um, is it just called uh, the UAD distressor? They, they did they did it with the company. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's company branded, uh, which is cool as well. Because that's what I like about the UAD stuff is they all as as much as it's great to find other plugins that sound like um, the um, the plugin. Oh, not sorry, the hardware. Um, I quite like that most UAD plugins look like the hardware because when I go to a pro studio, I'm not like, what the heck am I doing? I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. I use this all the time. This is my preset. And then away you go. Um, I just quite like that I'm, lear- I'm teaching myself how to be in a pro studio that way. Um, yeah, sure. Do you have any recommendations uh, hmm. for, for anybody who does use the UAD stuff or even yeah. if they don't they probably got similar plugins maybe by like Waves or Steven Slate but mm-hmm. what is uh, a common plugin chain like for you when you're going to be doing drums uh, using UAD stuff for example um, drums is a little trickier I, I can tell you what I'd use after the fact because usually it would be in a studio yeah um, but uh, even if we just say kick drums yeah Kick drum, uh, I would, it all depends on the microphone in the room. Uh, I chop and change between preamps and then the uh, the EQ in the compression remains the same, I've noticed actually for kick drum. Yeah. Just because it's quite quick to get a result I like. Um, so the preamp would change between an API, a Neve, um, or one of the uh, uh, kind of Simmons the uh i can't remember the plug but it's like a tube plugin it's a very old kind of yeah sure. emulation um those three are usually the kind of 
the chopping and out. Uh, and then once I found the kind of sound I'm looking for there, I kind of get a, an exciting sound just from a preamp, usually, yeah. um, as the main source. And then I'll go in with the EQ and the compression. Um, uh, and usually it is a distressor. Um, and then with the EQ, I really like the API um, 560. Yeah. Um, which is the um, 10 band. Uh, like a parametric or? Is it yeah, it, it's it, um, It's like a 10 band draw, uh, draw bar kind of system. Okay, and yeah. It, it, it's, yeah, it's like having like one of those 10 band guitar pedals. Yeah, um, sure. Anything that kind of I can look at as like a pedal or like that kind of thing, I instantly understand and get and go with. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, I'll, I might go in with more of a um, details. Uh, well, not detailed, but like EQ, different EQ for like um, maybe kind of making it kind of nice and rounded. But that one I kind of go for frequencies, which just chuck every one up and solo them and be like, oh, we like that one. Put it kind of midway or like, ah, I hate that one. Get rid. Yeah, um, sure. Do you have anything that comes to mind when doing vocals as far as like a vocal chain? Yeah. Plugins um, that you like to use on your vocal? Yeah. Oh, man. Um, a, a lot of sound toys gets used for vocals. Um, again, I'll probably track in with a, a distressor on the uh, mixer. Yeah. Um, but that distressor is very like mild to nothing. It's just picking up the kind of if someone goes from like whispering to shouting it's kind of making that not an issue yeah sure um, uh whereas uh i probably yeah I, i'll go in with a decapitator usually unless the vocal is completely like distorting already um in a in, in like a controlled way i mean rather than like i'm not doing my job properly um if you're deliberately already making the vocal quite um kind of rich in kind of the, the stort, like distorted kind of way as an effect, I probably wouldn't use a decapitator because it goes from naught to 100 within like a little turn of the dial. Yeah. Um, but uh, if, it, if the vocal feels kind of not exciting, that's my first move. Um, kind of put a little bit of grit back into it with a decapitator. And then um, my go-to for me... And it's not necessarily a go-to for anyone else because it's quite a um, uh, it's quite a sound. Um, is I'll use oh man, I'm gonna bring try and bring up the plug in now because I cannot for the life of me remember. One sec. Yeah, sure, that's okay. Yeah, the micro shift. Um, okay. I the micro shift is um, easily in my top five plugins at the minute. Um, and is that sound? That sound toys. That sound toys. It? So yeah. it's kind of like it's kind of like a Roland, you know, that chorus with the four buttons. Um, yes, it's it's like that, but um, it has three different settings that you control quite a bit of each one, and it it kind of if you have the stereo version, it spreads the um, it spreads the mono signal to this kind of lovely kind of stereo it kind of widens it is the easiest way of describing it yeah um and so just for kind of making it pop out whatever sound you're going for um you can either put it 
kind of mix it to a bus. And so you've got that mono signal and the width, the width, or you can um, put it directly on and it will make it wide and anything in the middle uh, would, yeah, anything in the middle would be its own sound um, and it wouldn't get in the way. Yeah, um, sure. So to just to kind of make it pop out for me, and I love chorus, I'm a sucker for chorus. So um, that plugin is pretty much on most channels doing something weird and wonderful. Cool. So as we're on this lockdown, yes, uh, we're on this lockdown for the coronavirus, as everybody really in the world knows about now, uh, which is quite crazy. And it really has turned out to be quite the serious thing, hasn't it? Yes. Yep. Um, it's given us all a bit more time. And I'm trying to encourage people to do something, you know, kind of like positive with their time. Mm hmm. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, obviously, there's a lot more that we can do than just creativity. But for the sake of this podcast, I'm trying to encourage people to be creative. So I just wondered if you had anything regarding Ableton that you would encourage people to look into while they've got mm -hmm. a bit more time than they usually do. Yeah, yeah. And look, um, just to kind of touch on that, I like I to. Um, it's great to crack on with things, but I've definitely, I've, there's definitely been like, and I have, I've actually been writing probably at least an idea a day um, on Ableton, I would say. But um, there have been moments where I've just been like, I need to go chill out and like not just feel as though I need to work every single day. Uh, I think just striking that balance between I'm going to get after this. I never ha ever have free time like this and probably won't for the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, and that's exciting. Um, but just to be kind of mindful if like you are feeling heavy about it, because there's been moments where I've been like, oh, I'm not sure if I, I think I just want to watch a film. Uh, just do that as well, <laughs> because yeah, exactly. these times are crazy. Um, so just look after yourself as best way you can. Um, but yeah, uh, I've been writing probably an idea a day, um, even if it's like, a terrible idea it kind of gets that idea out of your head and gives space for better ones um uh and just writing in different styles i've been um pretending that i'm writing for like rihanna or like slipknot or like and drastic styles as well yeah um just to have fun with it because you never know like if you strip away the guitar the melody might be something that you're like oh this is like my next thing that's this is like my next song um or like it just might be something that you have fun with and no one hears and that's great i love writing songs that no one hears like would would hear um just songs for myself to kind of get out of my own head um so yeah i would say just um that's what i've been doing is being like i've never written a song that i would submit to Corey taylor <laughs> let's create a like crazy song that maybe he would want to listen to someday yeah. um, and maybe he'll never listen to it and maybe i'll never even meet him in my life but you never know <laughs> yeah for sure um yeah um what else i kind of yeah i kind of would just try and see what sounds um you can manipulate to not sound like that sound that's like one of my favorite things to do i'll kind of use like so i'll tap on a desk and I'll put so many plugins on it that that sounds like a crazy kick drum and people would be like, where the heck is that from? And I'm like, oh, it's just me like knocking on a desk. Like dif different things like that kind of make me excited, I guess. 
Are there any plugins, uh, stock Ableton plugins, that you think people should mm. look into that maybe they my, haven't yet? Uh, my go-to um, compressor is the Brute Compressor. Um, yeah. It's just the most gnarly thing I've, I've still ever listened to. Um, I, f- I keep forgetting about it because of the incredible plugin library I have. But then when I go back to it, I'm like, uh, there's just nothing I have that's like this. Um, I think you put me onto some a, a bass. Uh, was it like the hip hop bass or whatever it's called? It's like a, su- a really subby bass. Yes. Yeah. Um, that's crept into a few songs since you've told me about that because I had no idea that existed. Um, yeah. That's a nice one. It can go like underneath the normal bass as well. Yeah. You can yeah. kind of mix the two together. Um, I use the eight band EQ all the time. Yeah, the EQ8 um, is great. Yeah, because it doesn't take up that much DSP. So if there's a really annoying frequency and I don't want to put in a really posh plugin to get rid of that, I'll just do it that way because um, it sounds great. So why yeah. why not? Um, um, anything else? Oh, I think all the like the 808s, I've collected sample after sample after sample of drum machines and I still think the... 808s, the 707s, and the 606s stack up to the plugins. Uh, the pl- yeah. sorry, the um, samples that I have. Um, I love that there's a filter um, after each, no matter what sample you plug into on the new drum kit for 10. I love that there's a filter for each and every hit. I always filter things differently. Yeah. Um, that yeah, I, so actually helpful. that filter is unbelievable as well. I love that you have all those different clipping, is it clipping versions of the distortion? Uh, it's just, yeah, that's my jam, that drum rack. I use it for yeah, samples okay. for melody as well. Yeah, so I'll, um, if there's a synth line that I'm like, I really like this, but I don't particularly like the whole progression of the sample, because um, I use splice a lot, I'll drag it into the drum kit, chop it up, um, and kind of like do a kind of like, Da, 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 kind of thing for lack of being able to badly describe it other than my vocal <laughs> um, uh, to kind of make it different and my own I guess yeah oh that sounds good is there anything about Ableton that I haven't asked you but you would like to speak about I use Ableton at the minute I, well I'm starting to use it to control um, pedal my pedal boards as well as like my vocal effects chain. Mm, that's um, pretty cool. It is amazing uh, when it works, or when the pedal works. I mean, it's not actually the MIDI on Ableton. It's probably more my. I'm still kind of getting there with those kind of things. Um, uh, and when it's you're sound checking for a gig and someone's like, "That's not working." This at front of house, I usually just end up scrapping it rather than spending another five minutes of sound check trying to figure it out. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's amazing to think that once I've kind of nailed all the kind of the reasons why that isn't working, that say if I were to introduce a guitar or a bass into single ruin, because at the minute it's just like tracks and drums, really, um, uh, that I could just have my pedal board not in front of me and it's just being controlled by Ableton. That is amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. We've started doing that a little bit with uh, Johnny. Yes. When we yeah. tour. But I mean, we haven't 
done we we're just really like scratching the surface yeah um really just doing sort of like uh changing the bpm for each yes. song yeah so that that he doesn't have to do anything like sort of mm-hmm. tap tempo related but there's so much more that you can do yeah there's what, a band what uh, doing. there's a band called periphery that just yes smash that world of things everything is automated um it's just unbelievable um yeah I know as it is do that as well, I believe Patty um, has told me that before as well, a band called As It Is, who are local here, um, who are doing great things. Um, yeah. So I, that's the kind of world I'm, that's where I'm push, trying to push my, the little boat that I have out at the minute is um, all that kind of analog syncing. The last thing I like to ask is just, um, I love to give people the chance just to promote what they've got going on and oh, where yeah. people Great. can find them online and follow yep. them really. Great. Um, cool. So I, sorry, I just hit the mic. I'm not sure if that translates. We'll start that bit again. <laughs> um, cool. <laughs> take two. Uh, take two. Yeah. Sweet. Um, uh, cool. So I've got um, my own website, which is uh, joshpgale.com. Uh, um, there you can find my other two websites, which is single ruin, I think, .com and basement58.com. Uh, uh, that's basement58 is the studio that I run out of my flat. Um, and single ruin is my solo um, project. And then through Josh P. Gale, uh, you can hire me to do all the different things that we've talked about in the intro. Um, I love working with different people and unlocking their creative kind of like things that they just wanted always wanted to do I've that's like my thing is I love being able to unlock that kind of side of things for people and kind of helping push them out of their kind of comfort zone even if it means that they're like really don't like this let's draw it back I just love um yeah being able to kind of enable other creatives is a thing that I'm very passionate about so awesome Josh, thank you so much for your time today. Really Mate, appreciate it. My absolute it. pleasure. Yeah, I look forward to yeah, just seeing seeing what comes next for you really. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, same with you. I I need to we need to when this is all over have a jam session. We've talked about it for yes. too long. <laughs> yeah, we do. Hopefully by the time we do get together we'll both have lots of ideas oh, to really yeah put together but yeah Absolutely. we've been meaning to do that for yep. quite a while literally yep. probably years mm-hmm. yeah so hopefully and we I'm, can just make it happen i'm sure in that session there's things that you'll be doing on ableton where i'm like what because <laughs> most times i see you on ableton and i'm like what is he doing so i've learned things from you for sure well so i think you. we all learn we all learn from each other and i think yeah there's absolutely things that, there's things that each of us do that just seem totally natural Yep, and then That's, it's only when you meet up with somebody else. It's like, how are you doing that? And you're like, oh, yes. you didn't know that you could do it that way. Yep, yep. I, oh, that brings me to a hilarious time. About six months ago, I was working with um, uh, Simon Kelsvek on a song, um, and I was um, selecting all and dragging all the MIDI up an octave. And he was like, you know, if you press Shift and Arrow, that all just does it for you. And I was like, oh my gosh. If you were here, like eight years ago, my I would be so much more productive. <laughs> it's massive. <laughs> um, so yeah.
Yeah. Awesome. Another episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, for listening to me. I really appreciate it. And yeah, um, stay in touch if you wanna. If you wanna say anything to me, feel free to email me. If you want to, um, if you want me to interview anybody, just let me know. Thanks, guys. Um, I thought I'd do uh, just a little extra little thing for you. Um, this is the reason why I love sound toys. Um, with sound toys, I can make my vocal change drastically. Um, to a theory, you may not even recognize what it's going to be done, but this is the end of the day. You can't change it to the end of the day.